welcome back to The Biscuit Show. I'm your host, Jackson Watkins, just a washed-up Division I basketball player who played at the University of North Carolina, the greatest university in the world, who is now living in New York City um, and started a podcast. It's episode five, um, and I'm going to apologize in advance to all my fans who were you know, waiting for a drop last week. I missed last week. I'm sorry. I hope you forgive me. But this week's episode is going to be a good one. Got a lot to update you on. Got some good stories. And college basketball is now upon us. The season has started. The heels are 2-0. and And I can't wait to get into this episode. Um, we're going to touch on football, of course. Big win over Duke this past weekend. We're going to touch on the two games that Tar Heels have played on the basketball court. I'm also going to give you a little weekend recap of my trip home to Chapel Hill. Um, for anybody out there wondering what Chapel Hill is like, hopefully that'll give uh, some insight to, into it. And uh, then we'll get into some Q&A and then wrap it up with, you know, my favorite story time where I tell you a story from a randomly selected game that I played in in my two years on the team. However, before we get into it, let me remind you about that one time. I got everybody biscuits. The miss grabbed by Bo May. 97 points. Let's see, the three. Jackson Watkins brings the house at the Dean Dome. Wow, let me tell you, I missed home. Um, it had been about, I think about three months since I had been home to North Carolina after moving to the big city, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, New York, New York, the concrete jungle, whatever nickname you want to call it. It had been a while. Um, and the city's great. It, you know, it's high energy. Everybody up here is really driven. Uh, There's so much to do, so many people to meet, so much food to eat. That sort of rhymed, didn't it? Um, However, I find it, sometimes it's hard to relax up here. I mean, there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of quiet. So I was definitely looking forward to getting out of the city, getting home to North Carolina, to see my mom, to see my dad, to see my friends. Um, But most of all, to just come back to Carolina. Um... So I flew down Thursday night, last Thursday night, uh, because we had a work recruiting trip on that Friday. Um, So that was fun. You know, it was good to, you know, speak more about my job, about my firm, you know, talk to prospective students. Um, So that was sort of the the business side of the trip. But, you know, I think one of the beauties about being back is just going to the different restaurants on Franklin. you know, meeting up with my friends who I hadn't seen in a while, going back to the Dean Dome, and I got I got a taste of all of that. Um, I guess I'll just start with Friday. I opened up the weekend strong with breakfast at the Carolina Coffee Shop uh, with my mom. For anybody who hasn't been uh, to Chapel Hill or to Franklin Street or even to Carolina Coffee Shop, um, whenever you are there 
you should definitely try the oatmeal banana pancakes. Um, I'm just going to be honest. They're some of the best pancakes I've had. They're not, they're not like too fluffy where it's more like cake, but they're not like thin that they're like mushy. They're like a perfect balance in between. Um, and the fact that they're called like oatmeal pancakes makes it seem like they're healthier than regular pancakes. So psychologically, I think that does a lot. Um, but it's just a great environment, Carolina Coffee Shop. It has a lot of history. I think it's been, you know, in Chapel Hill for a while. Maybe not that exact building. Um, well, maybe it is the same building. I don't know. But uh, it's been there for a while, and it's sort of become a staple for my mom and I whenever I'm in town to, you know, go grab breakfast, grab a coffee, and have some really good food. Um, so that was a great way to kick off the weekend. Uh, later in the day, went to see the Tar Heels practice uh, at the Dean Dome and man it was great to be back um, I was telling my buddy this like the power of the Dean Dome it, it just never leaves uh, I remember when I was playing even even though we were in there every single day for hours every time I would come to practice every time I would walk out onto the court um, it, it, the power of being in that arena being surrounded by history jerseys, banners um, it, you know, that awe never left. And, you know, after being away from it for so long, I think that really just sort of reinvigorated uh, the power of being there. So being back in the stadium was amazing. Um, you know, there's just like a hum. I don't know, like an energy that sort of flows through the entire, the entire building. Um, and being back, getting to see practice was awesome. Um, Getting to see all my friends uh, was just incredible. A lot of smiling, a lot of catching up, a lot of joking. Um, I just miss being around those guys. And, you know, it was a lot of fun, but part of me wanted to just run out there and snag the ball and jump right into practice. Uh, so it was a little weird from that sense, but nonetheless, it was, it was just wonderful to, you know, get back, see the guys, see the coaches, uh, because they all had such an impact on my life. Um, that like you know seeing them brought back a lot of memories it, it brought back um, you know shared experiences you know highs and lows and everything in between so um, that you know that was a real highlight uh, later in the day got to go out with some of my friends because it was homecoming weekend so a lot of my graduating class was back in town so I got to see a bunch of my friends it, it almost felt like a time a time machine back to back to any week weekend night in uh in chapel hill got to see so many people who you know i don't necessarily you know keep in touch with uh you know now that we live you know wherever we do but you know i i, I forget seeing them every week and it was really good to you know catch up with them and that was just the you know that was just the first day um saturday there was a special energy around Franklin Street. Um, the Carolina football team played Duke that night, Saturday night at 8 p.m. It was a homecoming game. There were families everywhere. It was supposed to be a sold-out game. Um, and let me tell you, it delivered. Um, you know, after sort of hopping around tailgates, walking up and down Franklin with Will Lamb, one of the Carolina managers and one of my best friends in the world, uh, you know, we, we walked up and down Franklin all day and then, you know, ended up hopping around, 
eventually ended up at the game um and it delivered it was it should have been a blowout i'm not gonna lie duke had their third string quarterback in there and i I feel like we should have won by a lot more however i feel like they knew i was in town so they, they were gonna make it worth it uh but the game ended up going into double overtime uh thanks to none other than our kicker who made I think it was like a 40-something yard field goal to tie the game at the buzzer, essentially, to get us into overtime. Um, and then it was just awesome in overtime. And we basically, you can go, you should go, you should go watch it. You don't want to hear me ex- try and explain it. But uh, basically ended up getting a defensive stop on their two-point conversion to win the game. And so now I'll switch it to, you know, my vantage point. Um so I was sitting with the guys on the team. A lot of them left, you know, earlier in the game. But, you know, like Dewey, one of my best friends, um, and Will, like I mentioned, Drew, some other guys, Rob, like a bunch of guys who I'm friends with, we were sitting there watching it. We were going to stay till the end of the game because we weren't going to miss the show. And uh, we are going nuts after we win. So after the – after we get that stop, ball goes out of bounds, whistles, we win. I turn around. I'm, like, high-fiving everybody, like, screaming, jumping up and down. And then I see Dewey, like, looking over my shoulder towards the field. So I, like, swivel my head, and the students, like, the student section is rushing the field, like, storming the field, jumping over the barrier, running on the field like we had just won the freaking national championship. Um and I had never, I mean, my freshman year, I went to every football game. I was first, uh, like, the front row basically every single game. And never did I ever do that, ever. And I, I don't think, like, I don't know why we did, um, just given our point, <laughs> like, given our record, given Duke's record, where they're at in the season. But, hey, I'm not here to complain because I looked back at Dewey, and he said, fuck it, let's go. Um and so we all turn and start running down the bleachers, um, trying to make our way down the stairs frantically. And, you know, after some pushing and shoving, we uh, we get down onto the field. And as soon as we get down to the field, we're, like, jumping around screaming. And <laughs> there's this group of guys who are, like, sort of next to us. And they turn around see us. And they're like, Biscuit Boys! <laughs> so it was, uh, it was really, it was really, really funny. And, it made for a really good story, um, capped off by the fact that Will, the manager, was doing every single possible dance move that I think has ever been invented as this sort of dance circle forms around him, and everybody's getting lit and, like, hyping him up, <laughs> especially Dewey and I, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was uh, definitely worth the storm, definitely worth the... Uh, you know the late night i think it took like four hours it was, a, it was a really long game but it was definitely worth it um and then we <laughs> that yeah that that was enough of that but um and then sunday sunday was awesome because it was the basketball game against lehigh um i was pumped to be back with the stands down you know at a game um but i did have some hesitation like i didn't know how i would feel watching the game from the stands it was going to be weird um but got to the stadium regardless uh, and sat up in the stands. And I found myself getting really antsy before uh, before the game, like as the guys were warming up. 
I just felt like I should be out there. It was uh, it was just one of those weird feelings that, damn, I feel like I should be doing something right now. Um, but getting to see them again, warm up, just the energy in the stadium now that you know fans are coming in, filling out the seats. Um, it, it was just awesome, and we ended up beating Lehigh pretty handily. I think early in the first half they were sort of sticking around a little bit, but we you know turned on the gas and eventually blew them out by about 20 I believe um and I think you know I'm gonna dive into it later but uh I think I'm gonna dive into it right now um (laughs) the highlight for me from this game was seeing my boy Rob Landry who I walked on with my junior year we walked on we tried out walked on at the same time um he's one of the smartest guys I know one of the nicest guys I know um, but he hadn't yet scored in a game. He had scored in an exhibition game, um, obviously like scored a lot in practice, but he had not scored in a game. And the Biscuit Boys get in with about, I don't know, a minute left. We're nowhere near, I mean, we're sort of close to 100. We're at like 87 or something like that. Um, so Biscuits aren't on the table, but certainly Pride is. And... Uh, Rob Rob snags this rebound and I mean snag like he went up two hands he was probably at the rim and snagged it came down with it and as soon as his feet hit the ground he took off and I knew as soon as I saw that as soon as I saw him take off and throw that dribble out I was like he's gonna shoot this ball if he's got any type of uh (laughs) any type of clearance to shoot it um so he takes off, and he's sprinting as fast as he can, crosses half court, and I see this defender coming over to, like, pick him up. And he does this little hesitation, like, sort of crossover to get right to the top of the key. Defender is, like, nowhere to be seen and stops on a dime and uh, puts it up for three with, I don't know, like 20 or 30 seconds left. And it banks in, and the crowd goes wild. Um it was awesome. I, I threw my hands up, like, showing the three, the uh, the universal, like, three symbol. Um, it was his first points. And to, to have it be a three like that in transition, um, it, it was just awesome. And I think he posted, he posted the bank is open on a Sunday. Like, hell yeah, it is. Let's go, Rob. Congrats. Um, it was awesome to see you out there having fun. And uh, I'm really proud of you and proud of you and the other guys for getting a big win. Um, but, yeah, that that was a little quick recap of my weekend. Um, I'll do a little deeper dive into Carolina basketball and how they've performed um, thus far in their two games. But just want to give you sort of a little story time of my weekend back in Chapel Hill because, um, you know, it's home. It, it always is going to be home. Um, and coming back is always a blessing and getting to see people I love uh, in a place that I love is something special. So uh, with that, let's move on to the next section. I, sometimes I want to say section. Sometimes I want to say session. And sometimes it just, I, I say a mix and it just sounds bad. Um, but anyway, um, with that, let's move on to the next section where I'll dive a little bit deeper into Carolina's two wins.
Carolina basketball is back, and they are in full force. They're now at 2-0 and on the year. And while that might not seem too impressive, I think they've gotten off to a really good start. Um, some of these early games can sometimes be, I don't know, um, an opportunity to play down to the competition. And I, I don't think in either of these two games that we've done so. Um, I'll, I'll just start with Radford, I think. You know, I don't know too much about Radford, but it, it was pretty obvious that we should take very good care of them. <laughs> uh, and I'd say we jumped on them from the start. Uh, I believe we made our first five three-point attempts. Um, and that's one thing that I think this team can do exceptionally well this year, and I think it can bring them a lot of success, uh, is the three ball. We've got guys like Cormac, Harrison, RJ, Paxson, um, you know, who have developed an elite outside threat of a jumper. And I think that can really open the floor up for Mondo down low, Jalen, uh, Zayden. I think, I think they can all play off each other's strengths by helping each other get open looks. And I think the Radford game was, uh, you know, a very obvious example of some of the threats that we have. Um, RJ played great, ended up scoring 13 with three rebounds, uh, three assists. So he's sharing the ball. No, two assists, sharing the ball. Uh, but he he runs this team. I mean, I think he can be a huge leader on the court, off the court, um, and sort of be a glue guy, you know, as a, as the guy with the ball in his hands a lot. Um, he can really be crucial uh, to the heel success. Um, but then again, at the end of the day, you know, when you look at the stat sheet, I think Mondo is going to be the one that fills it up. Um, against Radford, he had 25 points, 13 rebounds, marking his 69th career double-double, which is just insane, by the way. I think one of my before one of the games last year, my senior year, I walk up to him, and he just randomly is like, hey, Jay Watt, you know that I'm the only dude ever in history on this planet to have six double-doubles in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> And I was like, no, I didn't, but thanks for letting me know. Um, but he is a double-double machine, um, and he got off to an early start against Radford. Um, and he actually did it again in, uh, against Lehigh. He scored, I think, 22 and 20 rebounds. He went 20 and 20, um, about more than 20 in each category, um, which is just insane. I mean, yeah, 22 points, 20 rebounds. It was uh, a dominant performance to say the least um, but really quickly back to Radford I think it was a Monday night game uh, you know the crowd looked decently strong I wouldn't say it was packed by any means but again some of these early season games are more of a tune up more of a warm up um, but certainly count just as much as any other uh, W you know it's it's a full number it's a full digit on the uh, the win and loss record so they certainly count. Um, the Heels shot 35% from three, seven for 20. I mean, I guess after starting five for five, uh, we didn't really shoot too well after that. Um, but it's certainly nothing to scoff at, I think. You know, if we can be smart about the outside shots we're taking, be timely in, in our makes, I think uh, we can have a really lethal offense. Uh, we did give up 70 points, which... Maybe against Radford might seem a little high. 
Um, however, we kept them to 42% from the field, 23% or 24% from three, um, which are both very good. Um, and we ended up beating them by 16. And I think, I, I, you know, I think I might be good at this whole basketball thing because I guessed that the final score was going to be 90, what I say? I think I said 92 to, um, no, I said 94 to 67, something like that. And the final score was 86 to 70. So I was like a combined 11 points off or something. I tweeted it. So go follow me on Twitter at jwatkins underscore 30 where you can see my score predictions. But I was 11 combined points off, which I feel like is decently strong. Um, but I think this was an opportunity for Biscuits. We just we didn't have enough uh, gas in the tank towards the end. Um, but that's okay. Maybe next time. Um, so that's 1-0. Uh, moving on to Lehigh, which I was luckily there for. I mean, again, I'll reiterate, it was just... It was so awesome to be home and back in the Dean Dome. Um, and it really meant a lot, you know, getting to see the guys win, getting to see all the fans. It was it was just an amazing atmosphere, amazing weekend. Um, but, again, I'll go back to Mondo. He had a huge game. He was 6-for-6 six six from the free throw line. And I think, you know, one thing that he's struggled with sometimes, you know, in past years has been free throw shooting. But with his ability to get to the line um, – you know, four, five, six times a game, I think that can be a huge difference if he can, you know, convert on those opportunities. Uh, They certainly add up, you know, when he's banging down low. Um, You know, he's going to get a lot of good looks, but he's also going to get fouled a lot. He's going to have huge guys defending him. So being able to score, you know, not just off dunks and post moves, but at the free throw line is going to be huge. Um and again, I'll go back. Twenty rebounds, twenty-two points. I mean, that—that that is, I mean, it's—it's uh, it's never been done before. Seventy double doubles in his college career. Um, super impressive. Uh, who else played well? Let's see. RJ. RJ had twenty-two. Yeah, he played great. Three for six from three. I mean, fifty percent. That was crazy. And he had some early shots to sort of spur the heels forward and past you know, the Lehigh hump at the beginning. Um, he got the crowd into it. You know, it was a a Sunday afternoon game after a big-time Duke victory or, you know, victory over Duke at the homecoming football game the night before. It seemed like a little bit of a sleepy crowd, so hitting those big shots certainly helped, and uh, it was just awesome to watch. Um, and I think we shot we, – we didn't shoot too well from outside – five for 17 so less than 30 percent um and the fact that we still scored 20 i mean sorry we still scored 90 off just five threes should be enough evidence to sort of show you that we don't have to be reliant on the three-pointer i don't think any successful teams are reliant you know um some teams live by it and die by it but i think if we can be a team that um you know, shoots threes opportunistically, shoots open threes when we have them, um, but certainly don't settle for threes, we can be a really, really good team. Um, And again, if we can get to the line, make open shots and work through Mondo, I think we'll have a, you know, a really successful year. Um, 
So yeah, that's where the Heels are at, 2-0. and I'm recording this on Thursday night, so tomorrow the Heels play UC Riverside. I believe that's that's a UC. Well, no shit, Jackson. It's a California University, University of California, whatever you want to call it. Um, they are traveling across the country to get their butts whooped, I'll tell you that. Um, but the guys will play, I believe it's 7 p.m., so tune in. This podcast will actually probably be released afterwards, so... I hope I'm not biting my words or eating my words, um, and hopefully we won. But we'll, we'll hope to keep the heels rolling uh, soon into Thanksgiving, where they'll be playing down in a tournament in the Bahamas, uh, getting a nice tan on, some warm weather, which I'm super envious about. But um, but hey, I'm here for for the ride. I'm here to support them, and I'm just here to talk about them. Um, so the next section. Uh, we're going to dive into some Q&A. How about that? Let's get into it. All right, time for some Q&A. This is the easy session, I'll, I'll let you know. All I have to do is read the question and then get the first usually dumb and stupid answer that pops into my mind. Um... And luckily, the Spotify podcaster app, you know, tees them up right for you. So I don't have to do that much work. Um, doesn't require, you know, that much brain power. Not that I have much to begin with, but uh, let's dive into it. Um, from my, one of my best friends, from um, from one of my best friends in the world, Brooks, he says, what are some of the nicknames you got throughout your life and basketball career? That's a great question because I think my name, Jackson Watkins, just has, just naturally has a lot of phonetic nicknames and play, you know, you can play around with a lot of the different syllables, a lot of the words, a lot of the letters. Um, so I've definitely gotten a lot over my years. I'll say the the foundation of my nickname prowess was uh, Jay Watt, J-W-A-T, I think. I got it in seventh grade, maybe sixth, maybe fifth grade. It was it was one of the uh, one of my teachers, who was a huge UNC fan as well. He gave it to me. I think one day he was just like, "Jay Watt," and uh, yeah, it sort of just stuck. So then, like all my friends started calling me Jay Watt. You know, other teachers started. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But that teacher did keep calling me Jay Watt. And honestly, like since then. I've always known at least like a handful of people who call me Jay Watt, um, even in college. Who like my buddy in college always calls me Jay Watt, and I didn't even tell him like the story about my nicknames. Um, anyway, Jay Watt sort of transformed into Jay Waddy. You know, throw an extra T, an extra Y, and then you got Jay Waddy, um, which certainly is like it rolls off the tongue. But then, you know, for those who just want to yell out quickly, that became Waddy, right? So you take off the J, then you're just Waddy. Um, but then, like, say something, like, really quick is happening. You might, like, my buddy, like, we might be in, like, a like a high school basketball game. And my buddy might be open. He might yell at me, like, Watt. Like, my, my boy Mac, he would always call me just Watt, like, W-A-T. And uh, so I sort of went, like, you build up from J. Watt to Jay Waddy and you cut down to Waddy and he cut back down to Watt so it's a little circular there but that was sort of the Jay Watt 
saga. Um, and I'll say like in high school, my co- or my high school coach would just call me by my last name. Like he was like Watkins or Waddy, um, but usually it's Watkins. So it, it usually wasn't my first name. And I got very used to responding to anything but my name. Um, probably one of the funniest times that I can remember was in the weight room when I was a senior and I think this kid was like a freshman or a sophomore and he, I guess he didn't know my name because nobody was calling me by my name. So he's asking me about this certain like exercise that we're doing in the weight room. And he's like, Hey Watson, (laughs) like trying to get my attention. (laughs) And I like sort of play it off. And then I tell Brooks about it. And lo and behold, I have a new nickname, Watson. Um, I think apart from my name, you know, my name had some more like Waddykins, sort of like a Webkins, Watkins crossover. There were a lot of things that, you know, played off my name. Um, but then there were some that, you know, didn't have anything to do with my name. I'd say the biggest one was Shark. Um, and that comes from a story my senior year in high school we were playing at St. Anne's Belfield in Charlottesville you know really good team and we win on this little tip in I like stole the ball and the ball went right to my teammate for a game winning layup and we're like going crazy and everything and you know we shake hands we get back to the locker room we're going nuts all over again like people are throwing water bottles and then everything settles down it gets a little quiet and then Robbie Barron, um, one of my buddies who played at Northwestern and now is at Virginia Tech, he goes, hey, Waddy, I just want to let you know, one time when I was standing in the corner in front of the student section, they asked me, hey, doesn't number four look like an undiscovered species of shark? And, of course, like, we all start laughing. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, Robbie, was that the was that the time and place to tell that story? No, it was not. But lo and behold, I became Shark. People started calling me Shark because I'm gonna like I won't lie, like I do not disagree. I sort of look like a shark, so that sort of evolved into like Hammerhead. Um, a different student section called me Flat Stanley. Like I was every student section's favorite player. Let me just say that. Uh, so then, by the time I got to college. I played, um, I was playing like pickup with some buddies and, you know, I was debating in my head like whether or not to tell the shark story. Ended up telling the shark story and then now like probably 25 people, you know, 25 friends of mine from college refer to me first as shark and then my name. Um, So that's sort of a, a nice little thing. But I'd say the last and probably the most meaningful or one of the most meaningful nicknames has been 30. Um my jersey number in college it was uh it just meant so much to you know have a jersey number have a number on my North Carolina jersey and with Steph Curry being my favorite player 30 it just rolls off the tongue like I'm a shooter I shoot threes that's what I do um and you know people would call me 30 I remember you know RJ always calls me 30 Cormac Ryan on this year's team like he'll call me 30 all the time so um it's a really special number and you know it's become a really special nickname but great question brooks um let's move on to the next one okay my mom 
thanks, Mom, you're supporting the podcast. Uh, my mom says, Jay Billis gave you a nice shout-out senior night. Do you think you can take his job? Oh, well, thank you. I don't know if I've... not sure if I've told this story. Maybe I have. Um, there's so many episodes, you know, I can't even keep track. Uh, um, yeah, my senior night against Duke, I started for about 45 seconds, 47 to be exact. Um, and Jay Billis was calling the game, and I forced his travel... And he sort of started hyping me up on on the broadcast. And uh, it was a really cool moment. Obviously, I didn't know it in the moment. But, uh, you know, after I watched it again from the TV uh, recording, it, you know, it was a really good shout-out. Do I think I could take his job? I think I have a long way to go if I were to do that. I'm not exactly sure if that – I think it would be a really cool job. Um, who knows? Maybe – Maybe this podcast takes me somewhere, but uh, I think he he is a great commentator. He's, for the most part, and I'll say that, I'll say that again, for the most part, he's unbiased towards, you know, a Duke-Carolina game or whatnot, Um, but I think he does a really good job of sort of giving back, staying involved in the community, and just being a a supportive presence, you know, in the game of basketball. so I'm. I think his job would be awesome. Um, and I went to his camp growing up. Went to his basketball camp, so I've gotten to meet him, you know, over time. And I told him that one time when he was watching practice, and it was really good to have a conversation with him because uh, he's a super knowledgeable guy. Obviously, uh, a renowned basketball player at Duke, and um, now he's making his impact, uh, you know, at ESPN as a commentator. So I think that job would be awesome. I would love to learn more, Jay, if you ever listen to this. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. On to the next. Okay, last one. Um, this guy DM'd me. He's a, uh, a high school senior, and he's he basically wants to be convinced by me to come to UNC. And I'm, I tried to text him and be like, look, this is the best place in the world. I, I, I don't need to convince you, but let me just tell you, uh, you know a little bit more about Chapel Hill um if this podcast hasn't convinced you already um he said he's coming to the Tennessee game uh in a couple of weeks and he wants to know you know where are some places to go places to eat my favorites etc um and I've already explained you know the Carolina coffee shop you got to go there for breakfast um they've got everything you you'd want um great vibes great atmosphere right on Franklin Street I think other places to eat that are um staple i I mean i gotta i gotta shout out purple bowl um paula is amazing i go there all the time that's another breakfast spot um i'd say dinner venable is really good sort of upscale dinner spot uh it's it's sort of on the edge of carborough um but check that out top of the hill has some really good dinner um there are plenty of good spots uh, to eat on Franklin, plenty of spots to go out, go grab a blue cup at he's not here. Um, on a Friday night, they might have some music. They usually have live music, um, plenty of bars. There's, you know, Bob's that's the, that's where everybody goes towards the end of the night. Crunkleton's sort of an upscale, uh, older bar. Carolina Inn's got some, got a nice bar. Um, there's so many spots and, one of the great things is that you can just wander around Franklin. Uh, you can hop around. You don't really have to, like, stay in one spot, and I think that's the beauty of it. Um, 
in terms of places to go, you got to walk around campus. I think we have one of the most beautiful campuses in America. Uh, the Bell Tower, the football field, the Dean Dome, just the quad. I mean, everything is so impressive. And, you know, how long it's been there, too, it's it's just beautiful. Um, and even in the wintertime, like, even in the winter, it's beautiful with the sun coming down, even though the leaves are off the trees. It's just beautiful to walk around, uh, you know, on the old brick, old red brick sidewalks. So hope you enjoy your time. Um, I'd say my fav- my personal favorite Ooh, I mean, I, I got to go back. This this episode is basically a promotion for Carolina Coffee Shop. Um, so go there. If, if you like coffee, go to Perennial. Really like really like that spot. Um, but, yeah, don't don't uh, don't hold me to it. You you go discover your favorite spot, and hopefully you'll have four years to decide on your favorite. Um, but there are so many good spots that you can make memories, um, you know, in and around. So, uh well, that's it for the Q&A session. There it is again, session, section, who knows. The Q&A segment. I'm going to start using that word, segment. That's it for Q&A segment. Let's move on to, last but not least, random game story time. This is actually really funny. Funny? Ironic? You picked the word. Um, it's almost Thanksgiving next week, next Thursday. A week from today, actually, is Thanksgiving. Happy early Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you eat too much turkey, too much stuffing, and have too much fun with family. How about that? Um, but the random game generator, ran, the random game generator actually chose um, our game against Portland my senior year in no other city but Portland, Oregon. Um, This is the first game of the Phil Knight Invitational, uh, sponsored by Nike out there. Um, And it was at 10 a.m. local time on Thanksgiving 2022. Um, So that was certainly a Thanksgiving that I'll never forget, for better or for worse. Um, I remember it was a really early wake-up since we were playing at 10 a.m., and we got there really early, like nobody was in the stands. And I, you know, at first I thought like Portland might show out. Like we're in their city. Like I had never heard. I didn't know there was a University of Portland or Portland University, whatever team we played. Um, but I thought like, wow, like maybe they might have more fans than we did. And I don't know why. I should have known by this point. But Carolina fan, it was like a home game. Um, obviously not quite as full. We were playing in the the Portland Trailblazers Center, which was really fun, really cool. Like red seats, uh, a red court. Like I think it was like dark black, like black or either dark red seats. Uh, it was really cool. Um, and the it, the game was actually really. It was a lot closer than uh, it should have been. It was a lot closer than I think we thought it was going to be. Um, but I just remember like waking up that morning and. Yeah, I was a little bit homesick since, like, all my family was together for Thanksgiving and everything. But this was essentially, you know, just the same. I was with my family, some of my best friends, um, my coaches. It was it was family, just a different type of family. Um, but the game itself was exciting. Uh, it really got rowdy, like, once the game got close. 
you know, towards the end of the game. Um, the thing I remember the most was this dude going absolutely nuts from behind the arc, <laughs> like out of nowhere. I think he had, yeah, he had 21 points, like four of nine from three. He was like single-handedly keeping them in the game, but, uh, you know, we did enough down the stretch to get the win. And, um, you know, at that point we were, you know, after we won that game, it was, we were five and zero, so things were still good. It was actually our last win before a four-game losing streak, I believe. Um, so it was certainly a, right before a tumultuous time in the season. But um, getting to play that early on Thanksgiving was a blessing. Um, you know, I, I, getting to explore Portland, a city that I had never been to and probably won't go back to. Uh, was really cool and getting to walk around the city. We toured Nike's headquarters, which is epic. It was just an all-around great experience, you know, even if you take basketball out of it, um, just getting to be there. I think we played pool at this, like, pool bar. It was, it was just really fun. Um, and, you know, even though I wasn't home for Thanksgiving, you know, traveling to a new city, getting to explore, getting to play basketball with some of my best friends was you know, something to be extremely thankful for. Um, so that wraps up this story time. Glad I could uh, share that story. Uh, let's take it to the outro. Thank you for listening. Again, if you made it this far, I love you. You're awesome. Uh, episode five, it's not easy to get through five episodes listening to this voice. Um, but I congratulate you. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you learned something from this. Hope you can walk away, uh, with something that either inspires you, motivates you, or, uh, some story to just make you laugh. Um, cause that's the point of why I'm doing this. I want to share stories, but I want people to learn from it and you know, in some small way, be inspired by my story and what I have to offer. Um, but thanks again. I will hopefully get this uploaded soon this weekend. Um, and I'll try and get back on that weekly grind, that weekly schedule, because I know y'all missed it last time. Um, but thanks again. Remember, send me questions, send me suggestions. I'll, uh, I'd love to incorporate them into future episodes. But again, I love y'all. Have a blessed day, and remember, go Heels.